Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame, Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back for our number two of show number 100, guys. Woohoo! Jeez, Fish, you don't have to kill the mic. I'm just Good excited, Lord. baby. Come on now. It's the 30th anniversary of Raw in Give like it a, a week, and we beat it with our 100th anniversary of the show. I just say, can you dig it, sucker? That's what you say. Because you're the, you're the five time, you're the hundred time, hundred time, hundred time. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the, even yeah, go there. Don't, yeah. don't. Andrew Fish feeding there. I'm Mark Hoke. Joe DeFalco, our other co-host, is now on the line for Future Stars of Wrestling. Mr. DeFalco, how are you, sir? I'm good. I didn't realize it was the hundredth show, and that's why uh, Fish was sticking around. You know, I was, I was boycotting Fish. I figured he'd be off the air by now. I so. know you did, but I missed you so much, Joe. So, so it's an added an added bonus for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And we've also got from Reality of Wrestling and, uh, of course, doing their show on ESPN Radio down there in Houston, 97.5, 92.5. Brad Gilmore's with us as well. Brad, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Man, again, congrats on 100 episodes. That's not, that's not an easy feat. Well, especially not when you have to work with Mark. Stop. Unbelievable. I love it when they jump on my side. It's not nice at all. No, I know. It's terrible. But anyway, well, we were uh, we were talking a little bit about what was going on with reality of wrestling down there in Houston and just how awesome it was to work with Booker T. And uh, Brad, I want to I wanted to let you finish your comment that you were making before we uh, took the hour break. Yeah, no, no, we were just, again, just talking about the wealth of knowledge that somebody like Booker down here at, at Reality of Wrestling can give you. And um, I was just saying, again, from all aspects and facets of the industry, because this is a guy who's played every role on the television show as well. Um, you know, as, even as the commentator, the voice of the show, Booker's given me so many little nuggets and insights that have really been able for me to do my job more effectively, and that job is to make sure that the talent is presented in the best possible way. So, again, there's a lot of great schools, but that's another reason why just reality of wrestling has been able, just like Future Stars of Wrestling, to turn around so many big names uh, and future big names in the industry. And, and Joe, I, I think that congratulations is in order because didn't one of your uh, recent graduates make a, their first appearance on Impact Wrestling and sign a contract? Would you like to talk about uh, that person? Well, yeah, you know, we we had the last couple of years, you know, uh, we put through the WWE system with Karrion Cross, who we trained, and then uh, Zoe Stark, and now, as you see, main eventer in WWE, Solo Sokoa, you know, they all came through what we were doing, and in the past, Chris Bay started with us, and, and he uh, was the first one in the pipeline for Impact Wrestling, and then... Uh, more recently, uh, Jay Vidal, who started at Gangrel School. Again, top-notch schools. And he started with Gangrel and moved to Vegas and really honed his craft. You know, we worked on character stuff. And, 
and Jay just took off, you know, and, and had a huge year. And, and it's great to see these guys being rewarded for it because the thing is there's a lot of talent out there, but it's hard to make sure you see all the talent and you got to get that reputation. And like this past weekend, we were lucky enough to have uh, Gabe Sapolsky from WWE, you know, through Zoe Stark and, and people that he, he saw the FSW, uh, you know, people that are, have taken it to the next level. Sid Bode, who trains at the Performance Center, uh, Kenny King, and he came down this past weekend, and, you know, they're changing up how, you know, some of the things are done. Of course, he jokingly said, hey, you know, I might get a text in the middle of this uh, conversation that says I'm fired, but, you know, he's taking it as business as usual and what Triple H is looking for, you know, with WWE. And I even know, you know, talking with him, you know, another one of the schools he's looking to visit is, of course, Booker's school. And it's because, you know, there's so many people that have come out of there that have taken it to the next level. It's it's taking things seriously. And, you know, sometimes you don't have time for people who just want to be weekend warriors. Yeah, and I mean, that's one thing when I, I coached volleyball for 20 years and, you know, I never coached wrestling, obviously. But the one thing that I always tried to do with my players was, you know, having worked with some of the top programs in the country and been around Olympic coaches and such, you know what people are looking for when you know you're trying to get them into colleges. So you want to teach them those things that are you're going to be able that you know that the college coaches are going to be looking for. So when they see, oh, that kid does this, that kid does that. Okay, you know, Mark coached this kid. He knows he knows what he's doing. And this kid's going to be able to be an asset to my program. You guys are doing the same thing with both of your both of your schools. You know what everybody is wanting to do, and as opposed to some places where it is just kind of get in and you know do something crazy and you know, for no good reason. You know, you're teaching them what they need to know, how to do it the right and do it the right way. So when someone does come around to take a look at them, that they're prepared and they're they know what they're talking about. I mean, it's it's impressive what both of you guys are doing. And Brad, Brad you may comment on it. No, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And 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 the thing about it is, got you know, guys, you know, all the trainers and and and, and leadership over at Future Stars of Wrestling, or even down here at Reality Wrestling. Again, we we do know what is being looked for, and 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 a lot of the times, and I'd be curious to know if you have the same experience over there at FSW. But sometimes these guys and girls are, are competing at a lot of different independent wrestling shows, and they're not being given feedback other than when they walk through the curtain, they get the good match, brother. But at Reality of Wrestling, we definitely say, look, here's why you should not do that. These are the reasons why. Booker takes time to sit down with everybody after the show's over, and sometimes he'll be there to midnight or past talking through their matches, saying, look, this is why this is the right thing to do. Here's how you could have made it better, though. This is why you shouldn't have done that. And giving true and honest feedback is the best way to grow a performer and telling them it's almost more important to know what not to do than it is to know what to do. And and it's one of the things that he's really good at doing. Joe, you want to comment on that? Well, yeah, you know, we have a little different situation because guys like Sin Bodhi, Kenny King, TJ Perkins, Chris Bay, all these guys that are, are willing to offer that input, they're not always on every show, sometimes the smaller shows. But Sin Bodhi runs our classes Monday and Tuesday. Kenny runs them Wednesday. So if we have a show like we just did uh, this past Friday night, 
uh, I guarantee you Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, Kenny King will have a class where he sits everybody down or send Bodie, you know, everybody will be in the office. It isn't always about being inside the ring and they're going to spend two hours going over the entire show, you know, especially the, the younger guys who, who have gotten the opportunity to have matches. And again, it isn't, hey, well, congratulations, what a great lockup you did. Well, you, you, if you're wrestling on shows, you should do that by now. And it, it, it's all about the little things and, and what it's going to take to get you to that next level. Our roster's loaded. You know, if you saw our show on Friday night, you swore it was a casino show because from top to bottom, all our champions were there, guys like Danny Limelight, who Reality of Wrestling knows well, you know, when they did the show here. And, you know, the talent level of some of the, you know, guys from California, Arizona that we bring in, you know, is tremendous. And it makes, you know, the competition a lot harder, especially since we also run the school and we're trying to get our students on the show. But, you know, the reality is, you know, the strong survive. And, you know, we try to help everybody in every single way that we can to get them to the next level. And then it becomes up to them. You know, we, we had uh, Gabe down on Thursday to watch training. He sat and watched the entire show. And there's so many guys that are like on that level where they're getting on shows that I didn't see them at all. So if you're not on the show Friday, you would think you at least show up on Thursday because, Gave, gave feedback to everybody that he saw. And some of these younger guys just missed the boat and didn't see them the entire weekend. Now, without naming names necessarily, but the job that you guys do, both both Reality of Wrestling and Future Stars of Wrestling, is so impressive. But are there schools out there that don't teach people the right way, that, that are more in it for just, I guess, to make, to make their money or whatever? Or is that not really? Because it seems that in the industry, as cutthroat as it can be, people are also very supportive of each other and, and they want everyone to succeed. So, I mean, are there places that you need to look out for? Uh, from my example, uh, a thousand percent, you know, California runs so many shows and they run so many shows in front of 30, 40, 50 people. Like I would have gave up by now if I couldn't get more than 40 people at my show. So a lot of younger independent wrestling guys who have some money, they'll get a ring and say, Hey, I got a school now. And you know, the one thing I tell people you know, if you're not going to choose my school, you know, please try to choose a school where the trainers are somebody who's actually accomplished something in the business. How could somebody teach you something if they don't know? So a guy like Gangrel in, Calif in, in Florida, he started with Rikishi in California. You know, Rikishi's brought through a lot of people. Uh, Santino Brothers, they might not have had the huge success outside, but guys like Brody King in AEW and Ryan Taylor, who got to NXT, you know, there's a good bunch of guys that have progressed to the next level. And when you see that B-Boy in San Diego, you know, that's the West Coast that I could think of. There, There's a lot more schools than that, but I can't tell you 10 that are like, oh, yeah, you, you know, that school's great. There's there's three or four schools that are really, really good. You know, Booker's school has a – it's about getting that reputation. It, it, it really means something. Brad, do you want to you yeah, comment I mean, on that? Yeah, I mean, I could agree more. Of course, as with anything, there are a lot of places out there where you can go and get trained, but the reputable ones like the FSW or Reality Wrestling – 
there's reasons why those names carry more weight. It's just because of the quality that we are able to do. And, and to go off of what Joey said, having somebody who's been there and done that, like a Gangrel or like a Kenny King or a Sim Bodie or a Booker T, for that matter, um, it makes a world of difference. Just on Thursday night, we had a, our new crop of kids down there. These are guys who were three, six months into training, and they thought they were showing up for a regular day. And who walks through the door but Shelton Benjamin, who's going to start coming around and helping. You know, he lives in the Houston area. He's going to start coming down and helping train some of the newer guys. And to be able to have those experiences uh, from people who've been there and done that, like Joey said, so important. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty amazing that people – I don't think people realize – how in-depth this industry really is. They just see what's on TV and, you know, think people just kind of show up for a, a couple of months and roll around and hop in a ring. And it is so, so much more than that. No doubt. And, and both you guys do a great job. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. I thought, I thought fish fish. I thought you had something to say there. I apologize. Oh, all I was going to say is that we are, this show is the reality of wrestling and the future stars of wrestling of, of radio shows. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Well, that's very nice of you to say. We are that good. <laughs> of course, this is the Mark Hoke show on KDWN one Oh one five FM seven twenty AM. We are the talk of Las Vegas, best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. I'm Mark Hoke, Andrew fish, Fane. Joe DeFalco, of course, with us. And then Brad Gilmore sitting in here from Reality of Wrestling down in Houston. Of course, works with Booker T. Five times. Yeah, we're, five trying, time. we're trying to five get time. these guys back out. We're trying to get these guys back out here. Uh, they did a show a while back, and I talked with Booker. And, you know, I, I, I'm i the one who sent you the message, Brad, if you didn't know about on the Twitter about uh, telling Booker, let's get something done for uh, AEW weekend. It's it's a pretty big weekend in May. We did it last year with, like, GCW and Sammy Callahan's Revolver, and we ran a whole bunch of shows around their shows. So it was a huge weekend in Vegas for wrestling in May. Look, man, you don't have to twist my arm for a reason to get out to Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, so the message... We'll be passed along. Trust me. Uh, we had such a great time over there at the MGM Grand, and just had that opportunity for this, uh, you know, small little company out here in Houston, Texas, to be out there in Las Vegas, Nevada, in front of all the great fans out there. That was that was that was definitely one of the most memorable shows that I've been a part of in my decade with the Reality Wrestling. And there's a lot of talent out there in Las Vegas. Um, one kid who worked on the show, uh, I believe Titus Alexander, I believe is his name. Uh, man, what a, what a sharp kid. Really think that he's got a big future. And, of course, as you said earlier, Joe, Danny Limelight, I mean, his name carries a lot of weight because he's he's really the real deal Holyfield, to quote Snoop Dogg. I mean, that guy really, really has all the tools. Yeah, he, he's a guy that we, you know, we had used sporadically, but, you know, thankfully we've got, you know, we've got him pretty much, you know, on our main roster, he was he was there Friday. He's actually wrestling uh, Matt Vandergriff for the No Limits title at our big show on the 29th. And Matt Vandergriff's another guy that, you know, we're looking at him as the next Jay Vidal, that he's the guy that somebody is going to take a strong look at. He's already had some success. He's wrestled uh, for Conan and AAA uh, when he's done his uh, Tijuana shows. But I think this is the year we're we're hoping that Matt Vandergriff is the next uh, signee that comes out of our school. I will say this: there was a, an interview done with Jay Vidal, and Vidal said that one of his, his career highlight was the feud that he had with Vandergriff, and he said that they had a series of matches in Vegas, which culminated with a title match, title versus career, and it's one of the greatest matches he's ever been a part of. 
Yeah, they have, and they're good friends. But, you know, they're the guys that when I show up for training, when Sin trains on a Monday at 6 o'clock and I'll get there at 5, you know, to, you know, show some new people around. I might get there at 4.30. You know, the Jay Vidal's, the Matt Vandegrift's, the uh, Zoe Stark was the same way, Damian Drake. You find those guys there because they're hungry and they want it, and they're there before the doors open. They want to get their time in. So they're they're putting in four or five days a week, and these guys have already, you know, killed it on the indies. But they're not content with that, and those are the guys that you know are going to get to that next level because no matter what success they have, they're always still wanting more. Absolutely, Brad. We're gonna we're gonna break. Brad, do you want to stick around or you want to? You have to get going. I just want to. I don't want to keep you if you don't need to. Yeah, I do have to get going, guys. Again, congrats on the 100th show. If you want to know more about reality wrestling, go to realitywrestling.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Me and Booker four times a week. The Hall of Fame. You get on your favorite podcast app. We just had the Nature Boy Rick Flair on for an hour conversation. So oh Lord, go check that, that out, guys. Must have been amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that, that's cool. If, if you want to have somebody good on instead, you know, I'm always available. <laughs> wow. Again, I can't wait to be out there again in the Las Vegas heat. A little bit different down here in Texas. Love that dry heat. And uh, I'll, I'll hopefully be seeing y'all in May. You know, we'll be in touch. All right. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, Brad. All right, thank Brad, you so much for being yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, you can follow Brad at Brad Gilmore on Twitter and uh, check out the, the podcast, the radio show, and everything else he's got going on. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Take care. You got it. There you go, Brad you Gilmore, joining us here on the Mark Hoke Show. So there you go. You know, if we do a joint show, you already know the commentary team is going to be D'Lo Brown and Booker T. And me. Get me. Come on. You got to sneak me in there sometime, Joe. Oh, good Lord. What are you talking about? I've done commentary before. You know that. Yeah, I, I, I do. That's why I said, out. oh, what? good Lord. That's My not... phone wasn't working. Was somebody <laughs> <saying something? laughs> okay, you guys. No, you were spot on, Joe. You were good. You didn't miss anything. Oh, you guys completely suck. Anyway. Hey, well, we're going to be heading to break. But before we do, I just want to remind everybody, if you're driving around Las Vegas and you're hungry, well, there's only one place to stop. And I mean that. There's only one place to stop, and that is Unique Eats out on 3100 South Durango. Unbelievable breakfast, omelets, grits, and shrimp, all sorts of great stuff, sandwiches, pasta, award-winning pizzas, the whole ball of wax. And just say hi and tell Mark Hoke sent you over there. We would certainly appreciate it. And they do catering as well. Celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco does an amazing job you definitely want to get over there to Unique Eats. Once again, it's 3100 South Durango, Suite 100. You can whiz, visit their website at uniqueeatslv.com or give them a call at 702-992-3038. They're open right now. So, Fish, go over there for breakfast after the show. Oh, of course. All right. There we go. That's how you do it. So, stick around, everybody. We are going to have more on the Mark Hoke Show as some crazy stuff happening in AEW as well. And the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards are out. Let's see if you agree or disagree, guys. We'll find out. Andrew Fishfane, Joe DeFalco, and Mark Hoke on the Mark Hoke Show. Stick around. We'll be back with more right after this break.
This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. It is the talk of Las Vegas, the best in professional wrestling news, entertainment, and more. Our 100th show on KDWN. Oh, baby, we're a century. Yeah, well, I don't know about a century, but a hundred. Joe DeFalco back there. Joe, what's going on? Not much. Getting ready for some, uh, you know, more playoff action, some crazy games. I got my bets going, looking good. We got no escape, pretty much all set up. We got three steel cage matches. We got a two out of three falls match. We got a big match everybody's looking forward to, Limelight and Matt Vandegrift. So, uh you know, a lot of big things happening. You know, WWE announced when I talked with Gabe, they're going to be back out here, I believe, for SmackDown in March. So we're hoping to have uh, an influx of a lot of extra talent from uh, FSW. So Ah, there you go. Well, that the, that's yeah, kind yeah, of breaking news. So that's good because I, I yeah. kept looking on the schedule. I haven't, uh, haven't seen any WWE events coming up, so that's good to know that uh, yeah, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll be back. I and made aware of it. Great. So uh, toward the end of March, toward the end of March. So we get the SmackDown. So we get the end of March SmackDown. We get a double or it should be double or nothing weekend for AEW. I would imagine they'll be back as well. So uh, yeah, boy, Las Vegas has really become a wrestling epicenter, hasn't it? I mean, tell you it's, what, it's my, amazing. With my new connection with my new connection from Gabe. You know, I should be able to get a good tickets and maybe uh, we can get some guests on the radio show to promote the event. Send them over, baby. Let's, Let's do go. it. If I could just get WWE to answer an email, that would be great too. Well, I think we're in a better position now. You know, he was he was very impressed. We we really upgraded the school. We renovated. When you walk in, it, it looks totally different. They've they've turned that production office. It, it's amazing looking how everything's done. We painted everything. Well, I didn't, but you know, everybody <laughs> else did. And but but it looks you know without a doubt, it looks like a million bucks. And and kicking off the first show we did Friday, it was it was stacked from you know from beginning to and all, all, almost all our best talent was there on Friday night, and we had a really good crowd, and and, and you know we set everything up for for no escape, and you know that's looking really good. Yeah, and I can't wait because my schedule's changing here, so now I can get out of here on Saturday nights. That's going to be fantastic. Freedom for the Hulk. No. No reaction. Don't care. Thanks. Thanks, Fish. No, I got nothing. Well, the, yeah, show's, the show's on Sunday, but yeah, you know, normally we run Saturday. <laughs> well, I'm just too, saying. But, uh, I'm just saying. Do you know, how many, do, you, do you know how many shows I've, of yours I have to miss because I'm stuck in here on Friday and Saturday night? It's killing me. Oh, okay. oh, oh Joe, that was hilarious. Thank you for giving me the oh, moment of the night or of the day. I I hate both of you so very very much. I really do. <laughs> oh, anyway, so. To get back to some other wrestling news, Joe, of course, we already hammered the, the whole situation with the WWE sale and Stephanie. So, so we're gonna oh, hold on, hold on. I got to ask Joe. Joe, have the Saudis been in contact about buying FSW? Uh, in all honesty, I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll take their low-end bid. It's like, you know, when I, when I saw all that stuff, it was like if anybody leaked it, I'm probably thinking it's Vince McMahon because if they're saying it's worth $6 billion, they would offer like 9 or 10 anyway. 
So I think it would help drive the price up for Fox and all the others by saying, well, you know, the Saudis are interested. So now they know they got to come in with an even stronger offer than maybe they were initially going to do it. Vince, you know, even though he's almost 80, he's definitely got all those faculties there. Yeah, no doubt about that. The, the, The greed factor for Vince McMahon will never, ever go away. No, it, it won't. And and you know, and we I know we touched this on this with Brad the first hour, but and he, Brad's right. He, he there there is no wrestling without Vince McMahon. There is no wrestling today. There is no FSW. There's no reality of wrestling. There's no any of that without Vince McMahon and what he did. But sometimes time passes. Time passes you, and I think that that time has come at least in, for the industry itself, if not the business part. Well, and I didn't blame. You know, it was funny when this whole thing broke, and I was like, well, let's wait and see. But the one thing I did say was, would you be shocked if Vince McMahon the whole time behind the scenes was talking to the Saudis and trying to get this worked out and then force his way on the board to get this thing closed out? I wouldn't have been. I mean, you never know with the guy. So Yeah, you know, it's one thing I saw on the Facebook, and it's like, well, there's no way they could make this deal so quick and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who's to say that they weren't talking about this the last time they were in Saudi Arabia? Like, I, I don't understand why, like... Just because we just heard about it doesn't mean that that was the day it started, that that idea of selling the company. We've heard those rumors, you know, a few years ago, and it kind of got, you know, swept under the rug, and all of a sudden it comes back in. Well, you know, Vince could make a lot of phone calls. He had a lot of free time over the last six months. Right, and I, I can't imagine this. a sale of WWE has probably been on Vince's radar for god knows how long years and years it's to-do list so, yeah so i mean the guy <laughs> dominate the guy world wants to cash out. sell, sell the saudis he's <laughs> looking at a company you know, that I, that he could sell for seven and a half eight billion dollars you don't think that you know, that hasn't thinking, been on his mind right and i was thinking it was like going to be similar like in my mind and again I, I could be totally off but i'm looking at it as like the ufc deal where fertitta's got their money and they kept dana white in place and nothing has really changed on the way the UFC has been run from with the new owners. And I, and I can't see that not happening again to where the, 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 the same players are in place. And it's like, you know, you know, talking about it, of course, everybody talks about it at the school. Even Gabe was talking about it, whatever. And it's like, it ain't going to be like, hey, everybody, let me introduce the new head of creative. Uh, Ahmed's going to be here and he's going to be running the show. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah, so we'll we'll see where all this goes, and you know, obviously the the world of wrestling is going to be on edge for a while until this whole thing gets settled out. As we've seen, you know, one little rumor sparked chaos through the whole entire world wrestling entertainment company and and beyond. So it'll be fun to see what goes what happens. Uh, now, I did want to get your opinions on these guys because these just came out. And the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards have been out there. Of course, those little plaques. No, we didn't. We weren't in any categories. We should have been. What are you talking about? I only saw the winner of one uh, category, and I thought it was the biggest joke I'd ever heard. So I thought they were kidding. Well, let's let's find out and see what you guys think. So the male, uh, the PWI Wrestler of the Year went to Roman Reigns. Yeah, I... Not a surprise there. No, not at all. Although, no, uh, no, no. You, uh, you, I don't think anybody else uh, should even be uh, 
thought of as the not the number one wrestler, nobody in AEW because they rotated thirteen champions. So right, <laughs> yeah, that was it, AEW was. A mess. I thought you could have made an argument for Sammy, but yeah, no, over Roman. Just, just for, I'm not talking about actual wrestler. I'm talking about just the whole character work over the year. Well, I don't know about. Yeah, but I think the the first six months that he wasn't really. No, that's a you know, valid point. Yeah, when he was doing the the match with Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania, you're right. You're right. Bianca Belair was the woman of PAWI Woman of the Year. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a surprise on that either. No. I mean, the, the year she had, that was amazing. Tag Team of the Year ended up going to FTR. And, you know, we obviously the big debate was them or the Usos. And, you know, I, I, I think with FTR winning all those titles and doing all the work that they did this year, that one kind of made sense, but do you, would you guys agree or disagree with that vote? Well, I think didn't we discuss this when we? I think we, you and I discussed it when we did the, the Christmas show, mm-hmm. and I think that you you had said it should be the Usos. I thought it should be FTR, but it, I, I, we could have gone either way. I don't think they were wrong in either choice. I personally, I would I would have gone with the Usos. I think they had more uh, higher profile moments. You know, FTR, it's like, well, you know, that's great. They they went to AAA, and they won the tag titles. Well, it isn't like they had 10 matches in AAA. They had, like, one match, and they won the title. And they went to all these places and had a, a match and won the title. And, you know, they were in and out in AEW, which is their, you know, their main focus. And, you know, a lot of the notoriety they got, in, in some cases, were the singles matches that they had. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so that's where that one turned out. Uh, the match of the year did end up being Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. So, and you know that was the one that I picked. And- I, I think I agreed with you just because what Cody Rhodes did in that match is still to me completely unbelievable. Yeah, I mean there were a ton of great matches this year, and I think and unfortunately they don't have all the votes up on these are up on Wikipedia. I don't have the uh, edition yet, but uh, Joe, would you agree with that one as match of the year? Nah, I was going to go with Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to move on from that. When I face Vandergriff, that's going to win match of the year. But... Oh. And uh, this one, apparently there was a lot of split voting on this. I know I did see a picture where it said 27% was the winning vote total on this, but few to the year, CM Punk and MJF ended up being the winner on that. Would you? Uh, Fish is kind of shaking his head, but uh, uh, Joe, Joe, you think that was feud of the year? I, I personally don't, but uh, you know, I, I don't. So you who, know, I thought there was two. There, there, how much time was between between it? The feud of the year. Yeah, it, MJF wasn't on TV for like six months. Fish, you you were shaking your head on that too, but yeah, because but apparently this vote got split, and I only said I right, wish I could see because I'm, I'm trying to think because there there were other great like I thought Kevin what, what was second, what was second? Uh, it's they don't have it listed on here. I I don't oh, have the copy, oh, okay. so I, I think like would be like a top three. I think something. like Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns was a great feud this year, and that was at the beginning of the year, but it, and that didn't last long either, though. So I'm trying to trying to remember. You no, know, Gunther Sheamus. Yeah, but that again that. Um, that and I think that's why it was split because there were a lot of uh, – there weren't that many that dragged on through the – like if you look back at some of the feuds of the year uh, that have been in here, you know, you go back to look like Ric Flair and Terry Funk, uh, Hogan and Orndorff, 
uh, the horsemen against the superpowers. You know, some of the ones that yeah, those are year long or or at least six month, eight month long feuds. Lesnar and Lesnar and Angle or Bischoff. They had they had Eric Bischoff versus Stephanie McMahon winning one. That was pretty funny. Um, let's see, like yeah, uh, I, I look at a long term thing. It doesn't have to be eight months, but it's you know three big matches like. Like, like, how could Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes be a feud of the year when Cody Rhodes wins all three matches? You know what I mean? It's right. like, uh, I want to see a feud. It's back and forth, you know, mixing promos, mixing matches, you know, having different things that go on. And, you know, in my head, I'm trying to think, and, and nothing really stands out to me like, oh, man, you know, watching this, you know, was really so well done. Well, like, and that's I don't know and that's I probably that. why why Punk and MJF won because I mean they didn't have a series of matches. You know, you had the the thing in Chicago where you had the the false finish and then MJF still won in the dog collar match. You know, it was a it was a highly anticipated collision between the two. So I can, I can kind of see why that won. Uh, most popular wrestler of the year, and and I'm I didn't realize this. This is his third win in this category. Moxley won most popular wrestler of the year. That's pretty interesting. So. Yeah, and I can see why. And John Moxley is absolutely beloved. I think that he's getting a little overplayed at this point in in AEW. I I don't like what they've done with his booking lately. He seems a little whiny almost. But well, he did, he did just take that loss to Hangman Adam Page on Dynamite this week. So, um, well, yeah, he lost the belt, so he's he's able to put some people over now, and that's you know that's what usually ends up happening. I had that same conversation with people when guys like Hammerstone, and you know, when a top guy loses the title and doesn't have it, that's your opportunity to hopefully try to make that next superstar, and the way to do that is to beat you know a guy who's perceived as the main guy, and 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 Moxley is that guy, and it's like. I, I would have thought early on it would be Drew, but I think that disastrous feud with Cross did him no favors. No, no and uh, it, it it killed both guys' momentum the way they did everything there. So there yeah, wasn't and, really and, that baby face. And WWE. losing a clash of the Castle didn't, didn't help. help no, so. and I, I I have a real quick. I know we're kind of up against it. I have a real quick question for you, Joe, about what you just said. If so, if, if Roman Reigns loses the title, does that mean he'll he he will start going on more of a losing streak almost because he can now put people over? Uh, I think there's a good possibility to do that because now if you, you know, are trying to make that next superstar, because I look at SmackDown and I don't see Drew McIntyre at that level anymore. You know, I did when he wrestled at the castle and, and I think everything's been flat since, you know, Kevin Owens has gotten that opportunity. You know, Seth Rollins can use that win. If, Again, they're saying Reigns is only going to lose one of the titles, so it probably wouldn't happen. But I'm not saying uh, uh, he's their top guy. So he might lose a match or two, but him losing to Drew wouldn't hurt him in any way. It was always like the Cena thing. When Cena didn't have the belt, I didn't understand why so many times, like, hey, they built up this nexus, and then, then they had you know Wade Barrett lose. Or you know they, they set up Cena, and they're building up this new guy, The Miz, and then they have the Miz lose, and they have Bray Wyatt work a feud with John Cena where it looks Bray Wyatt's getting, you know, red hot, and, you know, maybe that win over Cena puts him over the top, and then he loses. And it's like, so the WWE, you know, maybe not because the WWE seems to be very protective of 
like Cena, and Reigns is now like Cena. So he might not be that guy. But him losing to a Sami Zayn would have the crowd go bananas. Yep, agreed. Yeah, it's interesting because WWE protects the, those top couple of guys, and AEW seems to sometimes do the opposite, where they're you know they're they're not afraid to give somebody a loss. At any point, sometimes like, they overdo it. Like a Jericho bit, so. to uh, what? I can't even think, guys. Mario like, Andretti. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Action Andretti. It's not Action Jackson. There, yeah. I was close. Wow, you guys are. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like okay, you know, Jericho losing to a talent like that is supposed to be a big deal. But what's come up from it since? Well, nothing really. He's now he's beating other guys. I saw recently with that Andretti guy. What did he beat? Another, like, up-and-coming guy who's really not done anything. It wasn't like it catapulted him into the stratosphere. Yeah, they're going to be doing a little feud there. That got advanced on Dynamite this week, too. Well, we we do have to take a break, and we come back. Oh, the last one was Hook. Are you still doing the PWI thing? Yeah, we're going to get through it. we we got to go break, but I've got got some more awards. Just hang in there. Okay, was making sure. That was the one I couldn't stand. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so stick around everybody 100th episode of the mark hoke show on kdwn 1015 fm 720 am joe defalco andrew fish fane i'm mark hoke we'll be back with more right after this Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets, or lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit UniqueEatsLV.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we are back on The Mark Hoke Show. Final segment of our two-hour extravaganza. Show number 100 on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. And, of course, I want to thank uh, Odyssey for... Continuing our show here on this great station, we certainly do appreciate it. Uh, Andrew Fishvane headed off to work, but uh, Joe DeFalco is hanging around with us, and we're going to wrap up our discussion on the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards. So, Joe, I, I know you're chomping at the bit to get to this last one. So that's where I'm going to save it. The most hated wrestler of the year was MJF. He wins that for the second year in a row. Kind of not a surprise on that one. Uh, comeback of the year was Tay Valkyrie, who uh, edged out Bailey, Johnny Gargano, and Alexa Bliss on that. And uh, so congratulations to her. 
Uh, most improved wrestler of the year, and boy, is this one ironic, Joe. Mandy Rose <laughs> ends, up, ends up winning most improved for the year, which is you know a pretty, you know, pretty important award when the, those come down yeah. to it. Uh, were you a little surprised to see Mandy Rose win that one, or you think that one holds up? No, she had some uh, big, big matches on her OnlyFans page or whatever it was called, so that some people didn't really see. But uh, according to Matt Bloom, they were really, really good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, indie Wrestler of the Year. They just started giving that award a couple years ago, and this one goes to Matt Cardona, the former uh, Zack Ryder. So. I, yeah, def- definitely well deserved. He 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 totally reinvented himself, and in all honesty, his impact run has been nothing. It, it's done nothing for me. It's it's you know people didn't care. It was when he went to GCW and did that whole gimmick with Nick Gage and the Moxley and stuff. You know that that was tremendous work, and, and that really that made him one of the most hated men in wrestling. Yes, it did. Of course, won the NWA title as well this year. Had among many titles, he was wearing all sorts of championship belts. So, congratulations to Matt for making that comeback. Uh, inspirational wrestler of the year went to John Moxley. Of course, overcame his uh, alcohol issues and wins that award. So now, now here's the one where where Joe's going to explode. And this is really, you know, this has kind of been the hit or miss award over the years because obviously, when you have a rookie of the year. You know, you have someone who just, you know, pops up on the scene and you never know if they're going to last or not. You know, some big names have won this award. You've got Zabisco and Flair, Backlund, Steamboat, uh, you know, Brad Armstrong won the award, Luger, Owen Hart. And then you have names like Sweet Brown Sugar, uh, Nord the Barbarian. Uh, let's see. Was, Eric Watts has won this award. Vampire Warrior, Alex Wright, Prince Iakea. Maven won this award. Monty Brown. I mean, there's there's been some names on here that kind of, you know, shake your head a little bit. But this one, Hook of AEW wins the award, the son of Taz. Joe, you're not happy. Why? Yeah. It's like, okay, when did he even debut? It was like, was he even around the first four or five months of the year? Uh, that is a good question. Like to me, it's like here's who's the guy that really made the most impact. It was of a rookie, and how is it not Braun Breaker? Wow, that's an, that is another name. Uh, your your question on Hook, uh, he made his debut on December eighth, twenty twenty one. So that was when he right. got started. And, and right, but you know how many times did he show up on TV? How many you know matches were? AEW dark matches. Like I, I remember there was a point where it was like, oh, hook, and it was like, oh, okay, and then you didn't really hear much, and then all of a sudden, you know, I would think over the last three or four months, and, and there was even a space in the last four to six months to where you know you didn't see much of him, but Braun Breaker came in and exploded on the scene, or you know, he's considered a rookie. Uh, Solo Sokoa is the one of the main guys in, in, in the bloodline. So if you want to say a guy, he, he may have started a little later in the year, but to me, those two guys have had way more impact. Braun Breaker is the guy who basically runs NXT. He's been the champ twice, and, and Solo Sokoa is 
already a main event guy beating Sheamus in, you know, in matches. And it helps solidify the bloodline and stepped right in. So, you know, Hook to me is like Dave Meltzer and Taz are the only ones who voted. Yeah, I you know I'll be interested to see how that vote tally came out, but but I'll throw another name out there too that I I think deserves some consideration. That's Logan Paul. You know, the, the, I mean I mean no, he didn't yeah, have that many yeah, matches, but he, but that, wow, that what I he think did! Is, I, right, but I think what Logan Paul did in three or four matches was tremendous. But Solo Sokoa's had fifty. Uh, Braun Breakers had you know how many matches. You know, he's wrestled from the Dolph Ziggler's and, and showed up on Raw. And to me, that's the rookie of the year. They made him the champion of the company, not the the belt that my dad handed me. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I think I, 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 I'm going to buy this, uh, buy this edition because I'm curious to see how tight that vote was, as I bet it was pretty darn close, but travesty it's a travesty <laughs> well R- rookie of the year has been always interesting for the pwi awards all right so that is pretty much gonna do it for us as we close out this edition of the mark Hoke show and uh want to thank uh of course brad gilmore for being on joe defalco and andrew fish joining me on the show it's been a great hundred shows and we're looking forward to doing a hundred more make sure you follow us on twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show, and download this podcast. We're seeing it from all over the world, com, and all of your favorite podcast outlets. We would certainly appreciate that. And of course, com. So on behalf of the team, want to thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more on The Mark Hoke Show. It's the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment here in Las Vegas and around the world. Thank you so much for listening to Las Vegas. We will see you next time. Have a great Sunday. Good luck on your bets and anything else going on with the football. And we'll catch you next week. of the mark hoke show follow us on twitter at mark hoke show like us on facebook at the mark hoke show and visit mark to keep up with everything happening with the show and remember to check out all of our archive shows on youtube at the mark hoke show and download our podcasts at mark and all your favorite podcast outlets so join the mark hoke show family today and thanks for listening